This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I don't know your personality, but it's the worst feeling when you just can't get focused. Like when you just, you're distracted, you got all kinds of stuff going on. It's just the worst feeling when you just, like for me, I have to get to like a coffee shop where there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of sound and there's music playing. And for some reason, that concoction allows me to land at like super focus. Like I can dial in, but I need a lot of stuff going on for me to be, that's just me. It's the worst when you feel distracted. It's the worst when you just feel like I can't zone in. Last night, we were driving in the car and we went to the valley to go to a birthday party. So we're down in the valley for Cinco de Mayo in the valley and a birthday party. So we drive out to the valley and I got my phone out. I'm navigating. I'm navigating on my phone. I know exactly where to go. I'm on the 101 South to the 134, whatever that, these freeways are. I'm a 405 guy. Anyways. And so I'm on the 101, 134. And I literally, I look up and I see, you ever have this happen to you? I see the exit I'm supposed to take as I'm passing it. It's the worst feeling the, in LA is bad because you know that's not gonna cost you two minutes, that costs you 30 minutes right there. That one mistake, it's the worst. I'm like, I, I was distracted talking to my children and my wife, and now I missed the exit. It's gonna cost, it's just the worst being distracted. I wanna talk to you about the, the lure and the tactic of the enemy to get you into living a distracted life. We use this term around here called weapons of mass distraction. He will do everything in his power to get you to be distracted on this, that, or the other. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me show you a visual of what the enemy's trying to do to you right now. Just look at this picture right here. This is from the playoffs a few years ago. This is a man trying to shoot a free throw named Rajon Rondo. You know, Google's mad old, so he's still in the Celtics jersey. But this is a guy trying to shoot a free throw, and there's all kinds of distraction in the background, the enemy wants to distract you and get your eyes on stuff that you don't need to be looking at. Get your eyes on stuff that you don't need to be focused on. I want to talk to you today about living a focused life, a deliberate life, an intentional life. Now, the man that wrote these words is a man that also wrote to another church in a city called Corinth. And to that church, he says, listen, listen to this author. He says, I don't just run the race to run but I'm running this race or I'm living this life and running in such a way to win the race. Like in other words, I'm, he says, I'm beating my body, making it disciplined. I was listening to this podcast this last week and the guy on the podcast said, you know what's underrated in life? What's underrated in life is discipline. Being a disciplined person, living with intentionality, being disciplined in your finances, being disciplined with your lifestyle. When you live a focused, deliberate, disciplined lifestyle, you will walk into your God-given potential. When you walk in distraction, you're never going to fulfill the thing that God has for your life. Come on, put your hands together and help us a little bit today. If you're grateful, we're called to live focused. I'm just believing that there's four things here that as we walk through these verses, four things that are going to jump out to us that we can apply to our life today. Here's the first thing that Paul said, write down number one. He says, live sincere. Live very sincere. Watch here in verse 22 as it comes back. He says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service 
as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. What's sincerity? Sincerity, genuineness, authenticity. Be a sincere person. There's nothing worse than a disingenuine person. A disingenuine thank you. A disingenuine I'm sorry. He said, no, no, no. Be a sincere person. Don't live with eye service. Now, Paul's awesome because Paul has coined this phrase. He uses it again in Ephesians 6, 6. He uses this phrase, eye service, eye service. What is eye service? Eye service is when I do things for eyes. I do things that look good and they sound good and they have the appearance of good, but I'm hiding, I'm concealing something else. So I, I make my, my boss think that I'm working hard. I make other people think that I like them, but I conceal something else in my heart. Watch here in Psalm 55, verse 12, and watch what that lifestyle will get you to. Psalm 55, verse 12, it says this, it says, now, or 21, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. What's the Bible saying? I'm saying one thing, I feel another. I, I, want get, I want to give you the impression, I service, but war is in my heart. The enemy will always try and put a wedge between your heart and your head. He'll try and wedge some bitterment, some disagreement, some, my, my son, this last week, we were at an acai bowl place, backyard bowls, and um, shout out to him. And my son, so he got his foot stuck in between the bench and the wall. It was wedged. The enemy wants to wedge something between your heart and your head. So your heart feels one way, but your mind's speaking another, feeling another, or your, your mouth is speaking another. Don't, don't let the devil wedge something in between your heart and your head. Says when you do, when there's some wedge there, you'll have eye service. It looks good, sounds good, but war is in the heart. There's issues that are under. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 3, above all else, guard your heart. Because your life is not determined by your head. Your life is determined by your heart. So he says, don't, don't do it. Don't you, don't you be that kind of person. You're an eye service guy. You're a man pleaser. You're living to please man and look good and sound good, but there's no sincerity of heart. A few weeks ago, I was in Atlanta and I was at Passion City Church and um, it was, you know, it's one of my favorite churches. Pastor Louie and Shelly Giglio, they've been leading the passion movements in the 90s and they've touched the earth. They're the only people I know that can have a conference ages 18 to 25. Like if you're 26, you cannot get in this conference and they fill the Georgia Dome with 65,000 college students. They're unbelievable. So I was, I was walking through their building. It's the nicest building ever. It's, I get building envy. I'm like, oh my gosh, we could fit the whole Ray Theater into your lobby right there. Like the whole church, our whole, and the Desmond. And so just, they got unbelievable building and the kids' space looked like Chuck E. Cheese for Jesus. And just unbelievable, the whole thing. And just the parking, they got parking, they got fields of parking spaces. And, and just the lighting and the cameras. And the, but you know what most impressed me? When I was with them, I could not believe how sincere they were. They're genuine. They're authentic. They are who they say they are. They're real in the moment. Don't live a duplistic lifestyle. Don't live as a hypocrite. Don't, be, don't live with eye service, but your heart's hiding something else. Come on, be, be who you're called to be. Say what you really mean. Come on, do something out of your heart. Live in sincerity in Jesus' name. 
So the number one thing he said, live, live sincere. Be a sincere person. Don't be duplistic. Don't be hypocritical. Don't be disingenuous. Be sincere. And then he added on to it and live with sincerity of heart and the fear of the Lord. Wait, what did we do? Stop. I thought the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and sound mind. So how am I supposed to fear God? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you fear. In fact, Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Translation, when you really fear God, you'll start to be wise. When you have a fear of the Lord, you'll start to govern your life out of wise decisions. So he says, be sincere and have some reverence, have some fear of God. Write down number two, you and I, we need reverence before God. Like I'm all for the hoodie and I'm all for the hat. Jesus is my homeboy. He's my friend too. But listen, he is bigger than a friend. He is my master and I am the servant. He is my Lord and I'm in his courts. Come on, somebody praise God today and thank the Lord. We know who's in control. We know who has the power. We know who is almighty. Come on, Zoe. Let's just praise the Lord right now and just thank him. He is God. It will do you well to add to your faith some fear of God, some holiness. Oh my gosh, you are able. Oh my gosh, you take mountains and throw them into seas. Oh my gosh, you take red seas and split it in half. Oh my, my God has all the authority and all, I have some fear. I, when I come before God, I'm not treating you familiar. I'm not treating you like you're just anybody. I come into your presence and I bow before your throne because I know you're God and I'm not. I love that story in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, there's this couple. This is New Testament. After Jesus dies on the cross, this is a couple that's in the beginning of church, Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and Sapphira, they're, they're, they're in the church. And basically what happens, long story short, they don't pay their tithes. So the church comes to them and starts asking them about their deal and where the tithe money's at. Could you imagine if Zoe showed up at your house on May 1st? It's the first of the month. So wake up, wake up, wake up. Get on push pay, pay up. I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell everybody. Oh, so stupid. Wake up, wake up. <laughs> they, they're like, hey, um, where, you, you have the tithe? And they, they try and lie to God. So they're like, yeah, we, 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 this is how much the proceeds. And they lie and boom, he dies. Then they come to the lady and they're like, hey, so um, you got the tithe? And the lady, she, it's amazing the culture you create in a home. She does the same thing. And they both, on the spot, they both die. They both get killed. And watch, the Bible says, and fear, great fear came through all the people. Absolutely, I'd be scared too. <laughs> you tell me I don't tithe, I die? What church am I going to? It says, and great fear swept through all of them. Why? Because when you fear God, you don't mess around. It says, live with sincerity and live with the fear of the Lord. I love that story of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's on his balcony, he's walking around. He's like, oh my gosh, am I not killing it? Look at the kingdom I've built. Look at my people. Look at everything I got. Look at my, look at my clothes. Woo! I'm killing the game. God, boom, strikes his life. All of a sudden, hair starts growing like he's an animal. His nails grow like an animal. He gets caught in the forest. And it says when he's in the forest, he lifts his eyes to heaven. He acknowledges, you are God. I am not. Now I understand your power. And he gets restored back to having a fear of God. The fear of the Lord will allow you to walk in the wisdom of God. 
So he says, guys, guys, don't live with eye service. Don't be a man pleaser. Don't be hypocritical. Don't be disingenuine. Have sincerity and the fear of the Lord. When you got the fear of God, you stop being afraid of what man thinks about you and you only care about what God thinks about you. In fact, write down number three. I love this thought. Don't live for man's approval. We do everything for God. Don't live for man's approval. We do everything for the glory of God. Now I'm going to read a verse, Colossians 3, 23. And if you've never, ever memorized scripture before, I want to encourage you. If you come to Zoe, I want you to commit this verse to memory. If you memorize scripture already, add this. Because I believe that this verse right here will allow you to live a focused life. Watch here, Colossians 3, verse 23. And watch as it comes on the screen. It says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. Now this is just encouraging. Because the Bible's not talking about this occupation or that geography or that season of life, he just says, and whatever you do. If you own a business, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're in your 60s or you're in your 20s, and whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as to the Lord and not for man. It does us no good if I'm a servant and I impress other servants. What good will it do for you if it's like, wow, other servants are singing your praises? You know, in the Bible, man tried to praise Jesus and Jesus rejected their praises because he's like, what do you, you don't do anything for my soul. If I, if I swallow and drink in your praises, it will still leave me hollow and empty on the inside. I don't need the praises of man. I need the praises of my father. So I reject your approval and I want God's approval. If you live to have other servants acknowledge you and you live for the attention of other servants, you will never be fulfilled and you will live in a thirst trap the rest of your life, thirsty for man's approval. In fact, the Bible says it this way. It says the fear of man or needing the approval of man, the fear of man is a trap. Other translations say the fear of man is a snare. I don't know what kind of home you grew up in, but in my home growing up, we used to set little traps for any mice that would be in our house to catch a mouse. We would set up traps. I'll set this in the 915. And as soon as I said set up a trap for a, a, for a mouse or a mice in the, in the house, some lady was like, uh. I was like, excuse me, we're not talking about Mickey or Minnie. I'm talking about a real live mouse in my house. No, oh, this guy right, he should not be in my home. We set up these traps so we can snare the devil. We'll do everything he can to set up a trap for your soul. So now you're addicted to the approval of man. When you live this way, you will spend money you don't have. You will say yes to everything that comes your way. You will do everything to keep up with the Joneses and to go out to this party and that event. And, this, and I got to say yes and yes and yes. And you cannot discern and decipher the difference between your yes and your no. When you live in the fear of God, you say, listen, not every opportunity is a God opportunity. So now I know to say yes to the right thing and no to the wrong thing. Because I really don't care what you think about me. I am living to please one master and one Lord, and it ain't you, it's actually him. 
I don't know if you deal with approval addiction and you need man's acceptance because you're so afraid of rejection. I just want to encourage you. God can free you today. You don't have to live a life of being, being addicted to the approval of man. You could actually today get addicted to the approval of God. And when you start living for the approval of heaven and the approval of God, man will bring things your way and you'll say, no, I don't even need it. I'm only living for him. You'll start making decisions like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, I don't know why I say it like that. Just the names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe if the mother, when she gave birth and named her, she was like, his name shall be called Abednego. All the drugs that I do are legal. All of them. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like, you could throw us in a furnace. Because it doesn't matter what... I'm not living for your opinion. I live for God's opinion, and I will not bow my knee. Daniel is like, listen, I don't... It doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to bow my knee and I'm going to pray to my God and I'm going to serve the Lord because I got some sincerity and some fear of God. You can think what you think about me, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will give praise and honor to God. We will give everything to the glory and the renown of Jesus Christ. So don't live for man's approval. Live for God's approval. Do everything, he says, and do everything, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. That's the difference right there between eye service and God service. Eye service says I'm doing stuff and going through the motions, but I'm, I'm holding back because you don't pay me enough. Listen, in life, you ought to value this. You should always be worth more than you getting paid because listen, I don't, you, you, it's not a amount of money. I do all that's in my heart for the glory of God. I do everything and I throw my heart over the line. Why? Because I'm serving a greater master and no man could put a price tag on what God's called me to do on this earth. And whatever you do, what is he saying? And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever season, whatever geography, whatever occupation, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as un throw your heart over the line. Your relationships cannot get to the place that they're called to get with your heart back here and your commitment all the way back here. But it's amazing when you throw your heart, you do everything with all your heart, all of a sudden relationships start taking off. Your connect group starts taking off. The serve team you're serving on just starts taking off. Your whole world. Why? Because you go, it, it, it's not about anything that man can give me. I'm doing everything with all my heart as unto the Lord. You will be frustrated living a life as a man pleaser, living in eye service. You will always be fulfilled when you go to bed. He's saying, I did everything within my power to do the task that God has called me to in this season. I do everything wholeheartedly, not for my employer and not for my boss and not for any man. I'm working for God. He says, don't, don't be eye service people. Don't be men pleasers. Live in sincerity. Be genuine. Have the fear of God. And whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. And watch what he says here. Write down number four. He says, God will reward you. In fact, worship tape, you can come, come join me. But just read here on the screen and watch how he says it. He says in Colossians 3.24, Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. 
knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward, the inheritance. Yeah, because you serve Jesus. Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward, wait a second, a reward. I thought this was all grace. I thought I didn't have to work anymore and I didn't have to strive anymore. Then I just believe in Jesus. He's the son of God and I get into heaven and that's good. Yeah, that's what the Bible's saying. He's saying basically knowing that if you work for God and you believe in Jesus, you receive the reward. The reward is not if you work hard at church, you get a bigger mansion in heaven. The reward is not if you work hard for God, then a breakthrough and a miracle is coming and you get a house and a car and a bigger following. No, the reward is the fact that you and I, we will not perish, but you and I have everlasting life. That is the inheritance of the saints. Knowing that God will give you the reward. Some of us have been looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. The reward is not God advancing you and promoting you and giving you bigger and better. That's not the reward. That's the way man rewards. That's the way man promotes. God is different. He does not reward fiduciary. He does not reward with position or power. He rewards with a greater inheritance. Inheritance? Wait a second. I thought we were talking about masters and servants. Paul flips the whole thing. And now he's talking not about being a servant anymore. He's now talking about being a son and a daughter of the most high God. God does not call you a slave and he doesn't call you a servant. He calls you a friend and you have been grafted in because of belief in Jesus. You have been grafted into the family of God and now you are a rightful heir and you have the inheritance of heaven. Let me just show you this last verse here together. I love this thought. This is Paul writing. He's right here in Galatians chapter four, chapter four, verses four through seven. Galatians four, four through seven. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of the son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Come on, clap your hands together and thank God. You, you just transferred from being a servant to a son. Come on, you ought to clap and thank God. Come on, there's an inheritance that's waiting. Come on, there's something that you can't purchase it. You can't, you can't work so hard to get it. No matter how focused you are, God rewards you simply because of your belief in Jesus. A couple years ago, uh, Julia's family, a family member passed away and her parents came into such a massive, great inheritance. When the inheritance came in, I was like, thank you, Jesus, that that's going to come to us as well. Lord, let the inheritance fall on our lap in Jesus' name. But I just was amazed because that inheritance that fell to her parents, the only way you can get that is through blood. It wasn't through friendship. It wasn't through working in the home. It was because she was a daughter, because there was a son, they inherited. I'm here to declare to you, because you believe in Jesus, you're a son, you're a daughter. There's reward, there's inheritance. So I'm not living a focused life so I can get an inheritance. I already have an inheritance. And because I have an inheritance and because I am a son, I want to do everything I can while I'm on this earth to live the life I'm called to live for the glory of God. Come on, Zoe, clap your hands today and let's thank God together. Come on, we're living a focused life because of the calling that's on us today. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. 
To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.